Welcome to episode 36 of the Gen X Photography Podcast. I'm your host, Mario Piper, and I do thank you for joining with me today. Uh, now, today is a special day, sort of special, I guess, if you're into this kind of film, because it's 127 day. Uh, why is it called 127 day? Well, today is January 27th, 127, and uh, we're going to be talking about 127 film. Now, there are two other 127 days uh, throughout the year, at least here in the U.S., and that is July 12th, 7-12, and also December 7th, 12-7. Uh, so all 127-7-1-12, or 7 one or 127. <laughs> so today's the first 127 day of the year. Um, and it's all about 127 uh, film, a type of film that uh, was very popular back in the early part of the 1900s, uh, up into the mid part of the 1900s, and then even still today, and we'll talk about that a little bit. Um, but we're also going to talk about some of the cameras that you can use 127 film in, uh, as well as um, just uh, some general uh, love of 127 film. Now, what is 127 film? Well, 127 film is a roll film. Now, it's very similar to uh, 120 film, which is larger than 127, or 838 film, which is, I'm sorry, 828 uh, film, which is smaller than 127. Uh, I guess in a sense, it's also similar to 35 millimeter, uh, although the roll is different. 35 millimeters and a cartridge, whereas uh, 127 film, like 120 or 828, is just a roll with backing paper around a center reel. There was the magic of editing. You didn't hear that, but there was a uh, about a minute pause. The train went by, and I didn't want that to impact the podcast. <laughs> but anyways, uh, 127 film is a roll film uh, centered around a central metal reel, and uh, it has backing paper, much like 120 film or the smaller 828 film. Um, now, as far as its size, it's somewhere in between 120 or medium format and 35 millimeter or small format. <laughs> um, now, 35 millimeter is, you know, the, the, the film is 35 millimeters wide. 120 film is 61 millimeters wide, so about twice as wide, a little less than twice as wide. 127 film is right in the middle, uh, right in between those two. It's about 46 millimeters wide. So uh, it's uh, fairly wide compared to 35 millimeter, not quite as big as 120, just a, somewhere nice and in between. Um, now, there are various formats uh, as far as the, the picture size or, you know, the, the picture format uh, that can be uh, taken with 127 film, and it depends on the camera that you use. Of course, there's the square format, and that would be a 4x4 four four image, a 4 centimeter by 4 centimeter. And there's lots of cameras that take uh, that make these kind of images. For example, there's the Yashica 44 or the Baby Roly. They're both TLRs, and they're very uh, nice, high-quality uh, twin-lens reflexes, much like their larger siblings uh, that take 120 film or medium format. And then there's another uh, really nice, uh, very simple 
TLR that I'm holding in my hand right now. It's a Kodak Brownie Reflex Synchro model. Um, very simple twin lens reflex, and it's a, a really tr a real true twin lens reflex. It has two lenses in the front, a taking lens and a viewing lens, along with a waist level viewfinder. And it takes 127 film. Now, the interesting thing about this uh, camera is that there are no exposure controls. Uh, it's one shutter speed, no uh, control of the aperture. It has one aperture, one shutter speed. And uh, so you just press the shutter and it exposes the film. But you know, my wife uh, used this camera uh, and was able to shoot some lovely images uh, on, one, on 127 film. Uh, using uh, Color X uh, film, expired Color X uh, C40, uh, sorry, C22 <laughs> film, not C41, a uh, different process than C41. Um, and she got some very interesting uh, results by using this very simple camera, one shutter speed, one aperture, bright sunlight, interesting results. Um, really fascinating camera. And these can be found quite often. Uh, we, my wife has bought a couple of these. Um, she's kind of had to Frankenstein both of them to take parts off one and put onto the other that were not good. And that way she could make a whole camera that actually works properly. But a uh, very, very uh, nice, nice camera. So that's the 4x4 or the square format uh, uh, for the 127. But then there's also a 4x6 format. So that's a little bit wider. It's more of a landscape orientation. A 4x6 format uh, uh, for 127 film. Four, four centimeters by six centimeters. And one camera that uh, does 4x6 is the Kodak Brownie Holiday Flash. Now, uh, this uh, camera d uh, takes eight exposures per roll of uh, 127 film and I for forgot to mention with 4x4 you get 12 exposures so with the 4x6 again you get 8 exposures per roll now this Kodak Brownie Holiday Flash was made uh, between 1953 and 1962 and it's you know it's one of those again a very simple simple camera uh, you could say a cheap or inexpensive uh, Bakelite body with a plastic lens, it's called a Daikon lens, and a very simple, simple camera body. Uh, uh, just basically a, a box camera, um, not necessarily one of those uh, old cardboard box brown, uh, brownie cameras. It's a, a smaller form factor, but it's essentially a box camera, a very simple camera, a simple shutter, no exposure control, no uh, adjusting of the shutter speeds or the apertures. Very simple, much like the uh, the twin lens twin lens reflex that I was just talking about. You know the brownie reflex synchro model. Um, but again, my wife used um, Kodak Verichrome uh, Verichrome Pan, I believe, expired in the 1960s, uh, and was able to use that old black and white film in this old camera with no exposure controls out in bright sunlight and got beautiful images. Uh, beautiful images. I, it's astounding what you can get with old cameras and old film and no exposure control, just taking it out and shooting it. Now I believe this uh, this camera along with the Kodak Browning Reflex Synchro model had 
probably between 1 30th and 1 50th of a second uh, shutter speed. Um, or yeah, shutter speed. So uh, not too, too fast, but bright enough to be able to expose, you know, 100 speed film or even like, like I was just saying, this old, old Verichrome pan uh, from the 1960s. Well, moving on, uh, another form factor is 4x3. So we're getting, uh, we had 4x4, four four, went up to 4x6, four a little bit larger than 4x4, four four, and now we're at 4x3, a little bit smaller than 4x4. Four four. Um, now, instead of it being landscape mode, it's actually uh, in portrait orientation. Um, now, there are a number of cameras that uh, would fit this bill, but I'm going to talk about one that I'm holding in my hands right now. It's this beautiful camera. It's a Gelto D3, Gelto, G-E-L-T-O, Gelto D3 camera. And again, this is four, a 4x3, four uh, takes 4x3 um, size exposures. So in essence, it's you could call it a half frame of a 4x6, half, half frame of the uh, Kodak uh, Brownie Holiday Flash. Kind of like the um, Nikon F, I'm sorry, not Nikon F, uh, Olympus, Olympus Pen F is a half frame camera or the Olympus Pen EE, I believe, or Canon EE, I can't remember. I'm not too uh, knowledgeable about Canon cameras, but the Olympus Pen F is a half frame camera that uses 35 millimeter and it takes half the exposure of a regular 35 millimeter uh, exposure or half the size of the of a regular 35 millimeter exposure. So so it's the same with this Gelto D3. The uh, eventual image size is one half the size of what the Kodak Brownie Holiday Flash takes. Um, and again, it's in portrait mode. So if you want to take a horizontal or, a, uh, you know, landscape mode, you'd have to flip the camera on its side and, and shoot it. But a little bit about this camera. The, the Gelto D3 was in a line of cameras from the company Gelto, and uh, this particular model was uh, started to be made in 1937. Uh, I'm not sure, there wasn't a whole lot of information that I could find uh, as far as how long it uh, you know, was made for, how many years they continued to make this model. But there were a couple of different models, and the one that I have is an F uh, 4.5 uh, has an f4.5 as a maximum maximum uh, aperture but anyways this little camera it's a <laughs> surprisingly small it's about the size of an Olympus XA very very tiny um, it has a collapsible lens and it was designed after a company called Weirgen uh, it's an older camera company that doesn't I believe exist anymore but a Weirgen Giwereta uh, camera a very um, interesting, similar-looking camera. Now, what this camera does, it's not a rangefinder. It's not an SLR. It's simply a viewfinder camera, much like the uh, Kodak Brownie Holiday Flash, a simple viewfinder camera. So the viewfinder is simply to help you compose, figure out what you're going to expose, but it's not helping you to focus. Uh, that's not done in the lens, uh, either by a again, a rangefinder or through an SLR mechanism. A simple design, simple, simple viewfinder uh, camera. Now, it's a top load camera 
in and what that is is you you turn a knob or turn a dial to open to open the the uh, open the top or to unlock the top and then you just lift the top off and you load the the film and then the take up spool uh, into the top of the camera it's it's a bit challenging it really really is but it does work um, and what that does is it it makes a light tight box uh, I guess it's just a different way of of using the camera versus uh, opening up the back it's you open up the top and load the film that way and I know there are other cameras that are bottom loaders some like as I believe uh, and other cameras that are bottom loader loaders so it's just a different way of loading film into a camera now this uh, camera has a leaf shutter so it's very silent very quiet um, you know when it when you expose the the um, the film there's no camera shake whatsoever it's it's just really nice in that way it has a shutter speed of one two hundred and fiftieth of a second all the way down to one fifth of a second plus bulb and uh, T mode or I believe it's time mode where you press the shutter down and then you press it again to well, you press the shutter down to start the exposure and then press it down again to stop the exposure. Sort of different than bulb where you press the shutter speed down and hold it down until you're ready to let go. And that would stop the exposure. So they're functionally the same, but they go about it in a different way. So anyways, yeah, shutter speed of 1 250th of a second all the way down to 1 5th of a second plus bulb and time mode. And then the lens is uh, anesthetic on a stigmat uh, Grimmel lens. Um, don't ask me what that means. <laughs> it's what's on the on you know surrounding the lens on the uh, the lens body, uh, and it's an f 4.5 all the way to f 22. Now they did make an f 3. f 3.5 uh, lens, and that was a little bit more expensive uh, when it came out, and probably still is. But this happened to be the model that I that that I picked up. Uh, from eBay. Um, now this lens is collapsible. Uh, it it's one of those kind of lenses that you you hold it in your you hold the camera in your hand, you pull out the lens, and then it's ready to to shoot or ready to you know begin adjusting the exposure. Uh, its focus is its focus ring is surrounding the lens. And uh, it has, it can focus from infinity down to a little, I believe, at least one half of a meter. That's the lowest, um, or that's the closest metered uh, distance, but it does go beyond that. So it might focus even closer than one half of a meter or about one and a half feet. Now, an interesting thing about this camera, because it's a four by three uh, you know, it takes four by three uh, images because, again, it's in, in essence a half frame 127 camera. Well, instead of there being one, uh, you know, in the, one, one red window on the back, it actually has two red windows side by side, a left window and a right window. And there are sliding uh, covers that go over each window. So the way you shoot it is you load your camera or load the film into the camera and you start to advance the film. And you keep that left window open. Uh, it's that red, you know, back window. 
You kept it, keep that left window open, and you roll, uh, continue advancing the film, advancing the roll of film, until you see the number one. And then you stop, close the back window, and then make your adjustments to the exposure, and then cock the shutter, which the cocking mechanism was on the left side of the lens. So you push it down, and then to uh, release the shutter, you there's a shutter release on the right side of the lens, and you release the shutter. So you've, you've uh, exposed the film. After that, if, unless you want to do a double, double exposure, after that, you open the right window, the right red window on the rear of the camera, advance the film until you see, again, that same number one, and then close it, and then you cock the shutter and release the shutter. And the reason for that is, again, it's a, essentially a half-frame half frame 127 camera, so you're exposing the entire, what would be the entire frame in two sections because, it's, again, it's portrait mode, half frame. Um, so you get, in essence, 16, 16 frames or 16 pictures per, per roll. So it's a really <laughs> very interesting camera. Again, really small, made in the 1930s, maybe the 1940s. Very simple. Uh, well, simple in some respects. It's not as simple as, say, the Kodak Brownie uh, Holiday Flash or the Kodak Brownie uh, Reflex cameras. Those are truly simple cameras. I mean, there's no exposure control at all. You just look through the viewfinder and press the shutter and then advance the film. This one, there is exposure control, both aperture and shutter speed and focus. So it's full full manual control, but it's simple in the form, in the sense of... Uh, the viewfinder because again there's not only no information in the viewfinder it actually doesn't even even help you to focus except for focusing on the overall picture it doesn't help you to focus on what's in the picture so you have to kind of you have to know how how far away your subject is to get the the appropriate focus for that subject so it does take a little bit of <laughs> preparatory work if you're shooting anything more than a simple landscape. Um, but anyways, really, really gorgeous little camera. Uh, all metal, all, you know, all metal and glass with leatherette. Uh, just a... <laughs> I've never seen a camera like this. And now, now that I have one, it's just really fascinating, uh, fascinating camera. And again, 127 film. Now, again, 127 film, uh, you know, made back in the... In, started in 1912. And they still make 127 film today, although it's really not common. So where can you find 127 film? Well, there's a number of places. Uh, you can do what my wife and I did. We shopped on eBay. Uh, we got expired film. We got Ansco all-weather film. It's a black and white film. I shot a roll of that. got good results out of it. Uh, I got, also got Kodacolor VR film from the 1980s. Um, I have a roll of that in in my uh, Gelto D3 right now. Um, my wife got some Kodacolor X, a roll of Kodacolor X, as well as a code, uh, roll of Kodacolor, just Kodacolor, <laughs> before there was the Kodacolor X. Uh, we didn't get anything out of that roll. Um, then she also got Veracrome Pan, uh, again, black and white film from the 1960s, and got some really good results using that super simple uh, Kodak, um, what is it? Co uh, 
<laughs> what is it? Kodak, Kodak Brownie Holiday Flash. Very simple, simple camera and got great results with that really old expired film. But what if you don't want to shoot expired film? What if you want to shoot fresh film so that you know that you're going to get, you know, an image? Well, you can get new 127 film from B&H, bnh.com. Uh, and there's a variety of films, Rare Pan, I believe there's some Kodak films, maybe even some Ilford films that are available in 127 uh, format. Uh, then there's Freestyle Camera. You can get a couple of different varieties of 127 film there at Freestyle. And also at Analog Wonderland. And of course, maybe uh, some other places, but I've heard actually you can buy it from the Shanghai Film Company, but I didn't, I didn't check on that. So anyways, from B&H, Freestyle, Analog Wonderland, uh, those places, they, they do sell 127 film. You can also uh, do something that I'd love to try sometime, which is to take 120 film, and this would have to be in the dark, of course, slice it down to the size of 127. You'd have to kind of make a little jig, and again, it'd have to be in the dark, so there would be probably a little bit of imprecision. But to slice 120 film down to 127 so that you can use these old cameras. Um, and that would be a way to get 127 film with a little bit extra. I believe you can actually get one uh, 110 size film by slicing up 120 into 127 and get a, have a little bit left over for your 110 camera. Although <laughs> I'm not sure how usable that would be because usually 110 cameras require a cartridge, not just the, the film. But another thing that I recently did is I took a, an already shot roll. I, essentially, I just had the reel and the backing paper of one of the rolls of film that I shot. And I went into my you know, dark room, the ba my bathroom, and took out a, uh, a length of uh, 35 millimeter out of a roll of film. So a length of 35 millimeter film in the dark, of course, and cut cut a length of it off. And I, I think what I did is I held the the backing paper uh, up, you know, yeah, I held the backing paper up to the roll of 35 millimeter and then rolled out or pulled out the film until I hit the end of the of the backing paper. And of course, I made sure there was a plenty, you know, plenty of backing paper left uh, for the start of the roll, because you need a little bit of that so, so you can load the film without exposing the, load the roll, load the roll without exposing the first part of the film. So, anyways, I did that, took, you know, took that 35 millimeter roll into the bathroom, uh, turned off all the lights, made sure it was dark, held the, held the paper against the, uh, you know, up next to the the start of the the film leader, I guess, of the 35 millimeter, and then pulled out the film until I uh, reached the end of the the backing paper of the 127, the you know used 127 backing paper. Cut it off and then taped uh, taped to tape the front of the film. What would be the first exposures essentially? Tape the front of that to the backing paper again with maybe six or seven, eight inches, maybe even a foot, I'm not sure, uh, of pre-backing paper. What would be 
the start of the backing paper. So I taped the 35 millimeter to up or at that point, you know, after about a, again, I'll say, I'll say about eight inches of backing paper, then taped the 35 millimeter, um, and then just left it untaped at the end and then re-spooled it. And then of course, uh, taped it shut so I could keep it light tight until I loaded it into the camera. And I believe what I did was I took Fujifilm uh, Superior 400 and <laughs> I actually red scaled it, so I shot it at 100. So I shot Fujifilm red scaled at 100 in a 127 camera and I put it through my Gelto D3. So it'll be interesting because I've uh, what, I'll, what I'll end up with is not only the full image but also the, the sprocket holes being uh, exposed or having the image. So that'll be, I guess, the first time that I've done that um, using this old camera from the 1930s. Now, um, one place you can go to uh, online to get a really nice article about 127 cameras, some 127 cameras that you might want to to check out if you're interested in 127 film or shooting 127 film, and that's uh, Ali's Vintage Camera Alley. Now, Ali was a, a guest on my podcast, uh, Susanna and I had a really wonderful discussion with her, and she has that wonderful website, Allie's Vintage Camera Alley, also the YouTube channel. But this uh, particular article was eight great 127 film cameras you should pick up. Again, eight great one, uh, 127 film cameras you should pick up by Ali Chiarello on Allie's Vintage Camera Alley. So again, so much to learn about 127 film. I just touched the surface. Uh, and if hopefully, you know, what I was saying was at least a little bit understandable, especially that part about spooling up 35 millimeter onto one, uh, 127 reel with 127 backing paper. Um, it's, uh, it's a lot of fun, this, this whole analog uh, way of doing things. You can do so many different things, use all these old cameras with different film stocks. And of course, you can buy the actual film stock as well. Uh, for that camera, but yeah, 127 film, really interesting uh, film that still exists. It's it's not as common by far as 120 or 35 millimeter, but you can you can still get it and shoot these old old cameras. All right, well, I hope you all have a a wonderful 127 day. Happy 127 day! <laughs> and uh, if you want to shoot 127 today or July 12th or December 7th. Uh, have fun doing it and share your results, um, various places, Instagram, uh, Facebook, wherever, Flickr, and, uh, let's see some of that 127 film being put to use and have fun enjoying using these old 127 cameras. Until then, or until the next time, we will have a very, very special guest. Uh, we'll see you later and thank you all so much. And again, keep those analog vibes alive. <laughs>